Welcome to another episode of our blockchain podcast. My name is Jack Jackery and I'm a blockchain entrepreneur. I have been uh, working with blockchain for the past four years. I host this with my friend Brian Engel, who is also an enormous blockchain enthusiast like me. Hello, Brian. Hey, Chuck. How you doing? Yes, very good. Uh, today, like we talked about last time, we're going to discuss uh, what are the next two things that... Uh, blockchain has adopted like finance and supply chain and then what we think is going to be the next are you ready yeah i'm ready i'm uh i hope i'm ready ready or not here we come right <laughs> so we said last time uh, finance and supply chain are the biggest adoptions for blockchain so far right and everybody knows that but why is that why are supply chain and finance so we, we gave ourselves some homework to go and research and figure out what might have been. I love there. homework, Chuck. Thanks. Did some homework. <laughs> Thank you. It was fun looking up stuff, though. It was fun uh, doing some research and seeing some cool stuff. So I can't wait to uh, dive in and, and talk about what we found. And uh, I'm sure questions will come up and uh, go from there, right? So what what was, what was uh, your biggest fascination from... Uh, finding like you know why why was this such a big deal um, no i uh i really dove into um i, I can't I, you know hey people talk about the rabbit hole right well i i dove down the rabbit hole of logistics really and it's uh it just makes so much sense with so uh i mean what i found really interesting and and just a lot of things i was looking at was uh they said in the us alone is over 500,000 um, logistics types companies. Um, and that creates bottlenecks. It creates untrusted, uh, data, um, causes supply chain issues across the board. Uh, so it's really, it was really interesting just to read, uh, you know, at a very high level to start with about, uh, I, I wouldn't have imagined 500,000. That's like, that's just us. Million. Isn't that crazy? Just the U S U S alone. The US. Just the U.S. So people have something to do with the uh, with the logistics industry. Yes, so it's a. Uh, it might not be shipping cargo. It might not be you know sending across uh, boats or across on trucks. But it has people to do people that are involved in the process. That blockchain would be involved to help all these companies come together. You know this. This reminds me, right? I know. I, I think I never had the understood the magnitude, but I can tell you a story. When uh, I was working for Merck Shipping, we were doing a logistics software a while back, right? And the sh the container that comes with, say, Nike shoes mm -hmm. goes to uh, a dock in LA, right? Right. From there, it goes to a local distributing place. And then the vendors and trucks are different. Right. right. There are many people that can do that job, Right. And they're all like supply chain vendors. And then that goes to a warehouse. Yep. Right. And then in that warehouse, it then goes to a local, like whether it is, uh, let's say if they're selling to Macy's, right? Mm -hmm. It goes to a Macy's warehouse. If it's then a JC Penney's warehouse. For sure. Oh, yeah. And then they have their own different level of truckers that do that. Right. And that is just products. What about, and then I was also involved, interestingly, in another business where the trucks that gets loaded mm -hmm. when, when you have to ship out your product every right. day. Yep. 
So I guess all these people come under that. Yeah. So every, yeah, everybody that's in the process comes under that one area and that's all people that could be involved in the right real time data. That's where the, that's where all this, uh, really the money saving can be is, is real time data and, uh, within the, with on the blockchain that people can all be on that gives trusted data that just isn't people forget to enter. They enter wrong things. There's the wrong, you know, Hey, people, fat finger the, uh, you know, fat finger inputs. And, you know, instead of sending a thousand something, it says they sent 10,000 or they only sent 10 or they only, you know, arrive at noon. No, it actually arrives at midnight. So, I mean, it's uh, there's a lot of issues that could be all cleared up, um, which would save the industry billions of dollars um, with this. So it's, it's pretty, it was pretty neat with reading a, a few of these uh, real life examples. All right. And, and, and I mean, supply chain is also kind of very fascinating in the sense that, the number of people it is, the number of data changes that happen. And then you also have to think of people who are not touching the product, but who are doing like the customs guys, the clearance right. guys, right? Which need access to this information to release right. the gates. Yep. Right? I mean, it's everything from, yeah, it's not only the ship, it's, uh, you know, hey, they can, they can eventually have, I don't know that they have it. I didn't read any use cases, but um, it, it definitely will be something if it hasn't already happened or in transit, they, they will have it is, uh, you know, something as simple as driver training. It's really easy now to fake paper certificates, to give kickbacks, to give them, you know, Hey, certain certificates to be able to drive certain uh, machinery, uh, you know, with, with blockchain, you, you get digitalized certificates that are tamper proof. They're on a blockchain. They're there forever. They can't be tampered with. Um, and save people time, money for lawyers. Uh, it's it, it's really incredible. You know, just something just as easy as that. Oh man, that's interesting that you brought that up because I, whenever I think of supply chain, I'm only thinking product, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This has nothing to do with product. Just a trucker can take this product from here, or it's like some kind of a sensitive cargo or hazardous material. Easy license to take it. Right. right? Exactly. That whole verification can be a use case. Absolutely. Right. Very very specific niche. Right. Yep. And that is probably done somewhere right now. I don't know how that is done, but that could be integrated into the, you know, making sure that that product is not tamper proof. It just goes back to that trusted data, right? It just goes trusted data. That's like really single source of truth. That's that's a huge in logistics space. I mean, it's in every space. But really, in the logistics space, just as something as simple as a, a certificate, um, yeah. you know, hey, right, you know, really the the biggest complaints within the logistics industry is lack of communication and transparency. Well, blockchain can solve a lot of those issues. You know, DHL is a huge. They've they've been an early adapter since 2018. They they work with Accenture. Um, Maersk, you mentioned, I think you mentioned them earlier. They, they've teamed up with IBM to develop a thing called Trade Lens, which actually is uh, real-time updates across multiple platforms that sits on the blockchain um, that they have companies that use it. Uh, so it's, you know, hey, another service that they offer. Um, and there's a ton of companies that are within that space. You know, there's a local company that's a startup called uh, ShipChain, and, uh, you know, their goal, you know, they're, they're pretty small. They're just a startup the last few years. Um, but their whole goal is, you know, hey, what what if we can make everything transparent from, you know, as soon as it leaves, as soon as something leaves the factory to, you know, to, 
to the product gets to your house, you know, that you can be a trustless system that's transparent through a lot of blockchain contracts. So it's a, uh, it's pretty interesting. Like it's, it's, you think of just a bunch of uh, cars and, and trucks and, and ships and all that, but man, the technology behind all this is just pretty cool. You know, one interesting use case that I came across was uh, whenever a diamond or something like that from the Australian mines, it gets shipped. Usually there is a certificate associated with it. Right. And that certificate, there is a company that is digitizing that. Oh, that's the, exactly. And then there's a use case for it so that they know whoever buys the diamond, they can know sure the authenticity of it. For sure. Right. Uh, and I, I, from, I, I like that use case because I think it's easier to adopt because uh, it's a high value product, right? A diamond. Right. And it, it is where it is, whatever it is, you know, it's, it's that they don't need that much scale. A small business can build it and use it. Right. Or you jump onto, you know, Hey, you're going to be a trusted partner with somebody else. And um, you could be a, you know, you could be a, a partner in that process. You don't have to, you know, spend a, a ton of money to get in this. This is a, that's why it's so great. It's, this is all decentralized. So, so I think from what I'm hearing is uh, the main reasons for supply chain being the first is because blockchain helps them really track things, track data, right? Where the transaction went from. Uh, and then you put a digital asset like a goods on top of it you can naturally track the goods, right? And then the records are tamper-proof. Yep. Right? Is there any other business uh, need that forces them to adopt earlier than other people? Because we know, we talked about like blockchain being useful in so many areas, but finance and supply chain will tend to be the first ones. Yeah, they're just, a, I mean, it, it, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, I, 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 there's healthcare and there's an internet of things and there's you know yeah. a, lot of, a lot of other spaces um that makes sense as well that makes a lot of sense but uh you know these two areas i think well right there's a, a lot of money potential pretty quickly with these two areas um and it's just ease of use uh, i i believe um, or, or, or maybe because what you said earlier in supply chain there are 500 half a billion types of businesses right i i don't know if healthcare has that many businesses in us you know, right. that'd be interesting. To, that'd be interesting. I mean, I, I got to think with everybody involved, um, you know, there's there's a, a, a ton of entities that are involved. So I, I just don't know. I'm not sure that I can't wait to dive in on on healthcare at some point. No, I'm thinking because they're just because there are so many people in there. You know, maybe it got adopted faster. Right. Yeah, it could be. And you know, ease, like I said, ease of use um, is, a, is always need, right. Some people, at least some more, of more, more people are likely to see the benefits sooner for adoption, right? Right. Usually when you have, right, when you, I mean, I guess it goes counterintuitive as well. When you have a lot of moving parts, you think like, oh, that's going to be difficult to, you know, hey, wow, there's a difficult adoption. It's going to take a while. But I, I kind of think the opposite um, of, probably the majority of people when it has a lot of moving parts like that, it makes the most sense. Um, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Easiest to adopt, you know? Yeah. Let's say, and I'm, if there is a, if, 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 in, that's just in us, right. Now think about all these other companies in other countries. Exactly. And, and, and another thing is 
Uh, I'm going back to finance, right, for a second. Why did finance got adopted so faster than other people? I think we have a very efficient financial system in this country for most part, right? But where we were lacking is cross-border. You know what I mean? Whenever you have to do cross-border transactions, I think blockchain was very, very helpful and instrumental in promoting cross-border transactions. Yes, I, exactly. I, I agree. Right? And that type of cross-border transaction, I think, created a, some kind of a need for quicker adoption. Right? People like, I, I remember early, uh, some of the earliest uh, use cases for blockchain was transferring money to India or transferring money to, you know, because money transfers were very expensive. People were actually paying money to transfer. Right. Fees, exorbitant fees for transferring money cross-border, right? And blockchain would really reduce that cost and make it much, much faster. Right. Cheaper, right, and secure. Right. And if if cross-border transactions become safer, secure and supply chain, I'm also thinking will have a lot of cross-border transactions, particularly if you're shipping products from one country to the other. Yeah, right. that makes I mean, exactly. It makes sense. hundred percent. And, and, and that I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm I did my research, but right now when I'm talking to you, I'm thinking. That is probably why these got adopted faster than other people. There is, there's I mean, a lot of anywhere there's money. I mean, anywhere there's a chance to make a, you know, hey, make a den of money. People are all about it, right? Yeah. And then the ease also. Yeah, all this stuff has to be ease of use. I mean, every, everything has to be easy to use. It can't be difficult because it won't be adapted. I mean, people won't adopt it. Um, if it's hard to use, I mean, especially in this uh, day and age, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know me, if I get on an app or I get on, you know, do something and it's, it's not easy to read or digest or, uh, easy, it has a great, uh, you know, front facing, uh, it's not pretty to me. I'm, I'm throwing it away at me. I'm not even giving it a shot. <laughs> it's going to take me a while to go back. So ease of use is huge. Understandability is huge. No, that's that, uh, it makes a lot of sense. So what other do you think are the main reasons why these guys were the first adopters? That's what I'm really trying to come to a good, like, you know, comfortable reason to actually claim, oh, this is why for sure. I mean, I think we, you know, kind of, kind of mentioned what, what early adapters typically do, right? So it's like, a, you know, Hey, you see a solution, you see what, uh, what could get involved, who could get involved, how you can get them involved. Uh, can it save you money? Does it make sense um, across the board? And you jump in. You know, it, like I said, logistics is very counterintuitive to see. Like They seem like the old school, old curmudgeon guy, right? Wall Street guy that wants to be his, get on the phone, doesn't want to use that internet thing. But man, I think these guys are uh, um, some of the first adapters because they they see a use that would make sense for the end customer, which will make them more money and an ease of use will be more money will be involved and less loss of product. I, I think that's a great point, Brian. It's not just about cost money, but also the benefit for the end customer. 
Right. Because an income customer is happy with anything. I mean, you're going to be able to make more money. <laughs> I mean, that's really bottom line is, hey, find out how to make more money. That's it. Yeah. Um, you know, hey, we're not most companies aren't looking to save the manatees. They're looking to uh, make a lot of money. And how can they put money back into their investors pockets? Right. Yeah. Well, hopefully saving some manatees along the way. Right. And saving, saving some wildlife or doing whatever they they believe in. But really, it's bottom line is they want to make money. And does this make sense? And I'd say, yes, it makes 100 percent sense. Um, because it's, it's, it's all trackable, right? There's, I'm sure there was siphoning at every point of, you know, the black market for everything. There's a black market for everything. So there's always siphoning. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sure this was, this technology can limit that as well. Oh, right? You know what? That's another good point. So I have three points right now. One is cross-border transaction. The second you just said is what is the benefit for the end user? Not just on money, but the benefit for the end user. And then the third one you just said is wherever there is a lot of fraud, right? Counterfeit products, counterfeit goods, counterfeit money, black money or money laundering, wherever there is fraud. Yes, and the great thing about, uh, so going to finance, on the finance side, um, it, right? So when Silk Road, I, I'm sure you're familiar with Silk Road when it was basically taken down um, and it was... Yeah. Yeah, people were buying guns and uh-huh. you know, all kinds of illicit activity, right, on there? Yeah, yeah. Well, with data, it's everything's on the blockchain. Everything, you know, hey, when you buy something, even though it's through Bitcoin and you don't have name specific, you have accounts, and that's all traceable. And so law enforcement agents, agencies can trace that back, I mean, which they did recover billions of dollars from people on the Silk Road when they brought it down. And so it was all because of traceability. Now, you're anonymous on there until you're not. <laughs> so, um, yes, everything is anonymous, but they can still trace activity. But, but that's not as easy as today, though, right? You can trace it, but you can't really identify the who, who the perpetrators are. Uh, not necessarily. Um, yeah, in a perfect world, no. I mean, if you're if you're smart, no, it will never be. Your account is there. They can they can uh, freeze your assets. Now they can never take it if it's in your wallet because they would have to break your wallet, right? You can't. Yeah, yeah. but they can't take the money. They can't unless you give it. it. I guess that's where the decentralization part of it, right? So, particularly in the finance world, you can, I can, somebody you can freeze somebody's account in the traditional finance, but there you can nobody can freeze your blockchain Bitcoin money, right? Yes, they can freeze it. 100%. 100%. That's when it's in your wallet or in an account, they can absolutely freeze. They can freeze your wallet, right? So that's that's on the block. They, they know when stuff is moved. So they don't know yeah, your they name. They know when it's moved. They don't know your name specifically. Move from moving, right? Yes, they can. So they can freeze it. They can never take it. Oh, they can block my uh, Yeah, absolutely can, yes. 100%. Oh, I didn't know that. So yes. if I thought I had money in my wallet, nobody can touch it. Except Nobody can wallet. touch it. They can freeze you from moving it, though. They can. They, your wallet has a, a unique address, right? Yes. So they don't know that's Chuck. Yeah, they, they don't, don't know it's Chuck, but yeah. they know that's not the address that did these bad transactions to yeah. buy guns or buy drugs or buy whatever. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And they could freeze your. They could freeze that account. That you can't do activity out of it. I see. They can't take your money like they can in your checking account or any. They can come in your house and get your cash. 
They can come in your house and they can take your assets on Wall Street. They can take your stocks. They can take your bonds. They can, um, you know, garnish your wages. They can do whatever they want basically anywhere else, except they cannot mm -hmm. take your money out of your wallet. I see. So they can freeze. Unless you give them your code. Yeah, yeah, obviously. So they can freeze my account <coughs> just like a bank account. Correct. I see. Except in a bank account, they mostly take your money. They don't just freeze it. They take it. Yeah, when they, they can use it. Yes, they take it. Yes, they, they steal it, in my opinion. But yes, that's that's another great thing about the blockchain, right? Is And about digital, in my opinion, about digital currency. So that's, you know, that's a topic for another another podcast uh, on that side. I mean, I would love to, you know, that's a, a great thing to get into. Um, so, but there is a lot of, you know, hey, a lot of reasons why um, blockchain makes sense for, you know, financial institutions for a money transfer, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, so let to summarize our first question. So far, we've identified three main reasons why finance and supply chain are the first adopters, right? One is the ease of cross-border kind of transactions that exist both in supply chain and finance, right? Which is, uh, there's a big need for that, you know? In healthcare, I don't see a big need for cross-border transactions, you know what I mean? Yeah, you never know, right? I don't yeah. know. Again, I'm a delve delve into that area big time, but it's very interesting to me to see you know use cases. I'm sure there's always uh, always areas of of use. I think in healthcare it will be cross organization. You know what I mean? Most of my data is in my organization. If I work with people in other organizations, sure. And I, I would blockchain would be a very good case, right? And then the second one we are thinking is the sheer number of people in this industry. Right. Uh, is also- Yeah, specific for logistics, correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like the, the number of people dealing with money and supply chain is just so much yep. that, that it, it became a natural way for early adoption. And then the third one is they have come up with easier ways, like sending money is such a simple interface. You know what I mean? It doesn't require a complex- Exactly. Way. Right. When you have such a simple user interface, it becomes easier to adopt. Yeah. It eliminates a lot of the red tape. A lot of the, yeah. Hey, ledger, ledger systems are real time. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's nothing delayed. It's real time. It's, it's trusted data. Yeah. So the whole implementation is simpler. And then the, and the, the fourth one we came up with uh, where there is a lot of opportunity for fraud. Right. Wherever there is fraud and these two have be able to prevent that right you know very effectively makes it a big you know it got yeah, adopted they the other well, right so they'll argue that this is a great place to be anonymous and be uh be able to produce fraud you know to have a lot of fraudulent activity and you know while that's true um uh, the the trail is the trail is there forever to to track yeah, when i say fraud it's also the trust factor i mean i meant to say you can no no I, I agree no i i i just i I just, as things come to my head, Chuck, I just, I just, uh, I just talk. So if you want me to shut up, just say, Hey man, I was just, no, I was just summarizing. I'm fine with it too. To discuss. <laughs> if you want a fifth one, you can add to it. I, you know, so that, that makes a lot of sense, uh, Brian, for me, because that is, I was struggling for a long time. Why are other industries so hard to, you know, we're not as enthusiastic about blockchain as finance and supply chain. Right. 
you know, because even before blockchain became mainstream, these two guys were like having so many use cases, these two areas. Right. And something to think about, too. I, th I think all this, you know, this stuff ties into, um, you know, at, at some point, I can't wait to dive into to really Web3, right? So um, a lot of this ties into Web3. It's all decentralized. Everything is decentralized. People own the data. The not big companies own data. We own the data. So it's um, we, there's no censorship like, you know, hey, like there is now. So that's. That's you know all this stuff we're talking about between hey money transfers for for uh, financial companies and why financial companies that make sense for them and logistics and they're some of the first adapters and early adapters I think that ties in uh, you know ties in well to the hey what we are all going to be doing is Web three and I can't wait to dive into that in the future. Yeah, I think Web Web three. You know, one of the things that when I was researching on adoption, early adopters is like a lot of dApps, right? All these dApps, they're using a block, particularly what I've seen is particularly NFT and gaming and all these assets, digital assets, in-game assets, uh, the trading of those in-game assets, yep. right? They're all entirely blockchain. Yeah, game, uh, gaming is, is a huge area, I believe. I mean, I, I see, right? They're, they're right. gonna use a, a ton of... Uh, yeah. A ton of tokens. They'll definitely yeah, because of... all those assets in a game. Uh, hold on, Brady wants to talk. Let me invite Brady. Uh, hello, Brady. Welcome to the podcast. Yeah, good to see you guys here. Very cool show. Hey, what's uh, going on, Brady? I was just going to add that uh, I'm a little bit of a political activist. And part of what's on my platform is adapting blockchain for democracy. Have blockchain voting. Love it. Yes. Way. No, yeah, Brady. If I may, Brady, that is a very popular use case. Uh, I think that that is also very important. But I don't know when it will be adopted. <laughs> what do you think, Brady? So where where are you? Uh, what? What do you think? I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts because I'm, I'm a huge advocate of that area as well. Yeah, I love blockchain technology. I find it super useful. I'm still learning a lot about it. Um, I haven't really used it much myself yet, honestly. Um, but I would love if we, I would love to get paid in crypto. You know, I think that's a cool thing. If I had a client, you know, <laughs> offer to pay me in crypto, I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Let's do it, you know. <laughs> just an, this is an experiment, you know. I think that's pretty cool. So yeah, I just think it's the, I just think all this area is the fear. I think it's the absolute future. Um, you know, just like the people that said when hell when the internet first came around, right, and and said, ah, this is a fad. This is you know, hey, no, nobody's going to be getting online and buying things and having it shipped to them. They're going to always go to the mall. They're always going to the store, and you know, that's that's the complete mindset has changed. If nothing else, it's destroyed malls. Um, and, and destroyed human interaction, frankly. And so and we're only going even deeper down the, the rabbit hole of, uh, of uh, technology and how it could, again, I'm, I'm a big advocate of power to the back to the people and power to the people. And I, I don't like big companies use having access to all of our data all the time when we don't get to decide how we use it. So that's, that's a lot of this technology I really, I, I love because of that. I have a question for both of you, actually. I know I would love to see a uh, blockchain voting, but 
way how far do you think along how long how long do you, how long many years will it take for it to be mainstream you think week have you heard anything anywhere start, already you know we could potentially start using it now we could build an app and that uh, allows kind of like a social like a social media platform for voting on any subject and just have it backed by blockchain and let that be a proof of concept and who knows man in 6 months it could be a big deal uh, twitter could adopt see how is it different from polling though see when in polling when we do polls right twitter has polls we've all participated in twitter polls where everybody can who is on twitter can only vote once right uh but voting on the other hand is slightly different right it uh how is it different voting requires a lot of other things right like access identity uh you know registration uh notification of uh, election things like that right so where do you think that would go brady you know i think it would expand it would make i mean it would instantly make twitter more um pertinent more useful uh especially if we had the option for ranked choice voting and the ability to add options to polls and all kinds of d- experiments with the d- democracy where we can be flexible a little more flexible with what kind of democracy we want Yeah, I mean I think this is uh this is stuff that could be if, if we, we want to implement it we could Because right now some companies at least from some of the uh, DAOs, right? Uh they do their board elections or like they do voting. The voting is already there. Uh particularly it's limited in a company environment, right? All the investors in a DAO can vote on the proposals. Right? so that voting is capability is already there but i'm more thinking voting from a democracy perspective right right to elect our uh making sure everybody's participating making sure that it's stipulated i'm i'm personally demanding that it be utilized in the next elections if we're not utilizing blockchain voting to secure our election systems what are we doing what kind of example does that set for anyone um as far as leadership goes uh, le- leadership should be demanding it but there's a reason they're not <laughs> right exactly they should Com- completely agree i mean yeah this i mean the, the reason you do blockchain voting right for really one reason i mean one reason only is is voter fraud uh, exactly it's it basically should put voter fraud to zero and it allows you as a person to be able to vote from anywhere you don't have to go to a polling station you don't have a some i mean i, I can't believe we live in a, a system that you <laughs> that you put in that that you get a, a a sheet of paper at home that anybody could fill out anybody could sign and send it back in and call that a real vote i, I just i i just it blows my mind when we have the technology here that allows one person one vote and that's what you get and you can vote off your phone that's you don't have to go to a polling oh yeah you can still have polling stations and do what not that you actually access the blockchain and you um you know take your token out of your wallet and you 
put it in and there you go, there's your vote and you don't have any more token anymore, right? So um, you get one vote and, uh, but it's, it's very doable. And I think it's, yeah, it's gonna cost some money or whatnot, but so what? It's the price of democracy, it, it doesn't matter. So I'm a huge fan, Brady. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, me too. Me too. It would also help to mitigate the bots on Twitter. <laughs> the bots would be the same problem, right? We would have the same bot problem on uh, electronic, any kind of a digital voting system. Uh, and that's where the problem is, right? If we can eliminate bots, if I have, the minute I have a digital voting, whether it's blockchain or non-blockchain based, blockchain is obviously more secure, uh, more traceable and more trackable. But the bot problem will still be there. So, right, it's easy to get, um, I was going to say, eventually, which should happen pretty soon, but everything from your identity to your, from your driver's license, social security number, all that's going to be on a blockchain. Um, that's all verifiable. Uh, that is going to be a part of the voting system that, again, one person, one vote. I mean, can we get rid of, you know, bots? That's up to Elon Musk and the, the people that run a Twitter or any platform, Facebook, you know, fake accounts and fake whatever. There's always going to be that. I mean, hell, I have three Twitter accounts. Um, so, I mean, you know, I'm sure people have five, six, seven, eight Twitter accounts and even more. You know, they, hey, they go on and off and whatnot. Same thing with Facebook, I'm sure, and Instagram and all that, all that thing. So, so um, just specific to voting is, uh, I, I believe, the blockchain is, is the future. But wouldn't it be possible to use blockchain technology to perhaps make more secure profiles for Twitter or perhaps to eliminate or make it more difficult to create proxy accounts? Uh, yeah. a great question. I have no idea. Great well, question. It, it, um, it can be. Let's see. Uh, it, 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 it definitely, see, blockchain has already proven itself as a very robust identity verification system. Right. Uh, if in case uh, I'm thinking if if we want like state or major government acting on it, if uh, California has a real ID in place, right? By, I think by March next year or this year, we have to get everybody has to get a real ID. Uh, your driver's license gets it won't be used, can't be used for going on planes anymore. So you have to have some kind of a real ID, right? If real ID is on blockchain. That would be fantastic, in my opinion. Right? Then you do that. I mean, you brought up a great point, Brady. I'm, I'm, uh, I just don't know. So I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna do some research this next week about that. I, I like that idea, though. Yeah. Let's it's force the blockchain idea. the same way we did force the vote. Let's force the blockchain before the next election. Love it. I love it. <laughs> that's that's the new mantra right there. Force the blockchain. I love it. <laughs> love it. Yo, oh, guys, welcome to Colin. I don't know if I've seen y'all or met y'all here before, but I I'm, I appreciate the show big time. Looks like this is episode five. Yes. Episode five. We're just, uh, we're just uh, I mean, I'm an enthusiast and uh, I love this stuff. And, and Chuck's the technical guy that has been around it forever. So uh, just he came up with the idea to do this uh, podcast about um, blockchain and I love it and I'm in and it's fun. Good, good, good interaction and ideas. And by no means are we experts. We're just, uh, we just have ideas and do our research and what makes the most sense. And, and, uh, I, I, this is the future. In my 
humble opinion, this is this is the future. Jump on deck now. This is the future. Yes, we 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 fundamentally believe that it is the future, and we created this so that we can educate ourselves, research different topics, talk talk to each other at least, trying to help you know get better at it. And uh, Brady, thanks for joining in, and you know input like yours makes it more interesting for us. Yeah, for sure. We're here. It's about AI. <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad you chimed in, man. It's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Oh, yeah. Any uh, any added uh, ideas and and uh, philosophies or whatnot? I love. I love to hear everybody's. Again, you don't even have to agree. I mean, somebody that completely disagrees <laughs> or whatnot, always always for that as well, or wow. has different opinions. Always for that. I think my I first heard about blockchain. I think uh, through the Corbett report, and I, I do most of my learning on blockchain through TikTok. Actually, <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> now, if, if you have any questions on technical questions or possibility questions, just hop in any, any week. We are here on Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Uh, yeah. You know? Actually, you guys have answered some of my questions, really uh, pertinent questions that have been on my mind for months now, uh, this episode. So I really do appreciate it. And keep it up. Awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate Thank it. So, much. so, Brian, our last question is, we, There's we, more questions, Chuck. You have more last questions. Question, uh, is, uh, we already discussed why finance and supply chain were the earliest adopters. Who is going to be next? I know, I know Brady said voting, but I, I don't see voting as an immediate next. I mean, that should be tomorrow, but yeah, I agree. Yeah. That might be next. But uh, um, Internet of Things is huge. I, I think that's an excellent place for it. Again, that goes to security as well. Um, you know, hey, all your all your connected devices are highly hack proof. I mean, they're, they're hackable right now. Mm -hmm. And um, blockchain would make that basically hack proof. So I think that's a huge area. Um, as well as I think we've already discussed healthcare. I, I think there's a lot of great use cases in, in healthcare that it could that it could help out. What, what do you think, Chuck? I'm thinking mostly from uh, digital currencies. And I know it's finance, but there is an extra use case. We haven't fully uh, finished use of finance because my belief is finance has to be more adopted. Like, you know, right now I was looking at uh, some of the apps for sending money, right? Venmo and all of these guys, they still don't use blockchain, right? If they were to use blockchain, right, then it will become a lot more easier for us to send money or do things and have digital currencies and digital wallets, rather not crypto, but digital, All right? And I, I feel like uh, I've been doing some research on uh, uh, India and other countries who are trying to uh, make their economies more digital, right? And they're so backward than us in terms of, so they're building new. And when they're building new, they're building on blockchain. Right. Right. Because they don't have the headache of integrating with existing systems or existing regulations, existing ways of doing money laundering and all of that. Right. So these newer systems and newer, uh, newer technologies that are coming out of there, they, they're already building into them the 
you know, detecting fraud or making sure all of that. And they're even building identities. You know, that's one thing. And I'm also thinking uh, the government documents that need to be digitized, right? One was, I was just mentioning real IDs. I think before that, some counties or some uh, cities will start digitizing their registration records, land records, right? Because look at how many cities and countries and counties they have uh, stores of asset information, right? Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. Oh, I, I think real estate is another huge area. I, I love that area for blockchain adoption. Yes. And I think it's going to change the entire game. Yeah. And, and, and I think some of these, uh, like maybe Zillow, Zillow will work with some counties. You know how, like, this is what I'm thinking, uh, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong. For something new to get adopted, like for EVs to get adopted, okay? Uh, the, some cities gave permissions for some manufacturers to run their vehicles in their city, right? To test and train and improve their, you know, self-driving capabilities. Right. Right. And once they did that, then they started talking about the rest of the countries and rest of the world. Right. So if Zillow takes lead and helps works with some small county to digitize all their, uh, you know, deeds and trusts and all of their property records. Right. Then right. real estate application becomes a selling and escrows and all of the real estate transactions become easier in that county. Right. And then another county, another city. And I think that is how it will get mainstream. Yeah, I can see that. I, I can see that. I'm, I can't wait to dive into that at some point, too. Right. And that's where I'm thinking where and same thing with uh, I mean, states are huge, right? Because California cannot uh, digitize license in one county. It has to do it for the whole state. And that's right. a big scale. Right. Implementing a real, real ID is taking three years. Right. So all of these things take a long time. But when you can go to smaller areas and implement it, test it out, figure it out, then it's easy to make a cross. That's my uh, answer to that. What's next? That's where I'm thinking. Digitizing government assets. Cool. I love it. I love it. Great ideas. Do you know, uh, what are we talking about next week, Chuck? Next week, let's see. Let me check, look up our, uh, give me one second. I have it on our. You always have fun looking at this stuff. This I, I love this stuff. This is great. Next week, uh, What do you got? Still How is blockchain going to operate with existing systems or existing apps? We can talk about uh, existing infrastructure with Web2 or mobile. You know, I haven't put any thoughts around it yet. 
we said yeah, let's, let's talk let's, let's, let's yeah we could definitely talk about that i also want to keep on diving into different you know hey we talked about real estate and government and voting and all that i want to maybe we can hit one of those every week or something um to to go on top of what we already uh what we're going to talk about as well because it's i love looking at use cases and real world cases and where we can uh you know so that all this there's so many small little startup companies as well from you know five people to 50 people that are Hey, trying to disrupt the industry, and that's that's I, I love talking about that. So, so let me run down what are the topics we discussed so far. The first week we talked about why is blockchain disrupting, you know, and then we talked about how to get started with blockchain. Twitter. Exactly. There you go. Um, right. Yep. And then why is blockchain innovation? And then we talked about public and private blockchains. And then today we talked about why how is blockchain getting adopted or what drives blockchain adoption in different mm -hmm. industries. And uh, we have in, uh, for episode six, interoperability, right? Yeah, we can definitely talk about that. I mean, I will talk about that. Maybe we throw in, uh, you know, hey, something about healthcare or something else as well. So, you know. Yeah, I'm going to invite uh, Charlie or Shiva, if you guys want to speak up. Uh, yeah, anybody wants to hear any some ideas, any suggestions you have? Always fun. Unmute yourself, Shiva. <laughs> I do the same thing. Yeah, things are uh, in the as uh, we getting more forward. Next topics, right? Getting interesting. This is the adoption. It's like uh, we are getting into real uh, things where we have to uh, use the test case and other things. Yeah, it's a good uh, topic today. The adoption where we can adopt this uh, blockchain technology. So right now we know only as, as we mentioned crypto and other few test cases, but in a smaller case where we can use so that people can start believing and uh, trusting this technology. So who are not, uh, yeah, like uh, they are new to this one. Those to not only bigger uh, way of government voting, but also we, we have to bring it some few topics like where in a smaller case, uh, uh, small area where we can start using this one. Yeah, that also is very interesting. Oh, that's a great idea. Awesome. I wrote those down. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to them for sure. Yeah, I like the small use case idea a lot. I like that. Awesome, guys. Hey, thanks. Uh, thanks. It takes a long time. So, yeah, this will give some, when we do in smaller case, so then it will be consuming slowly to other areas. For sure. Yeah, I was, when I was doing some research on logistics. There's so many, I mean, I just... I, off the top of my head, there's 10 little small companies that are you know, hey, creating different applications with on the blockchain. It's, it's pretty neat of what they're doing. So, yeah, I'd love to talk about that some more. Also, uh, a note for you, uh, Brian, uh, Brian. I think on episode eight or something, we are going to discuss in detail about improving supply chain and uh, blockchain. Cool. Right. How? What are the use? So the topic there is ways to use blockchain to improve supply chains. So we will be talking about, you know, how it's actually being used in various ways. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you love so that. much. I love the interaction today. It was, it was great. Thank you very much, Brady and, and, and Shiva. Shiva's been around for since the beginning. Thank you. Yeah. And um, Hey, Brady, thanks for joining. I'm glad you, uh, glad you got something out of today. Thank you for contributing. Really appreciate it. Uh, amazing. Hey guys, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Uh, join us next week. 
again at 2 p.m. Tuesdays. And Brian, have a great Hey, week. you have a great week too. I will, uh, I will definitely talk to you soon and can't wait to talk to everybody else uh, next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Bye, guys. Have cool. a good one. Thank you.